following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fan. One Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, the titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, welcome to preseason. Well, right now we're in preseason week two, technically. Week one. Yeah, yeah. Well, technically it's week two because week one only contains one game. But it doesn't even count as week one. It just counts as a Hall of Fame game. But it's called preseason week one. It's it's not though. Uh, it's not, but it's that's what it's considered. It's right now we're in week one. No, technically, this is con- this is technically what we're in right now is technically considered week two. Not according to ESPN, the NFL. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, maybe they're considering it week one, but but according to what I'm reading here, the Jaguars Raiders game, which took place on August the fourth, which was Thursday, is technically week one. And according to that, the Raiders did defeat the Jags twenty-seven to eleven. In that game, I'm going to run through these preseason scores real quick here and we can get down to business talking about some of these uh, preseason things that we're noticing. Um, Tyler, let's let's chat about these Giants and uh, Patriots. Giants beat the Patriots 23 to 21. The Ravens, your boys go out and beat the Titans 23 to 10. The Falcons defeat the Lions 27 23. The Browns defeat the Jags 24 13. The Jets defeat the Eagles 24 to 21. The Cardinals go out and beat the Bengals 36-23. The 49ers beat the Packers 28-21. The Panthers defeat the Commanders 23-21. The Bears defeat the Chiefs 19-14. The Bills defeat the Colts 27-24. Steelers beat the Chargers 32-25. I'm sorry, Steelers beat the Seahawks, rather, um, 32-25. The Dolphins defeat the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 26-24. 26-24. The Texans beat the Saints 17-13. The Broncos beat the Cowboys 17-7. The Rams beat the Chargers 29-22. And the Raiders today beat the Vikings 26-20. Um, Tyler, we've we've got all these games that have, have taken place already, these preseason games. We've seen some things going on that, um, <clears throat> honestly, early on, even though it's preseason, there are some noticeable things out there that, uh, you know, I think are worth talking about. What have you seen this preseason that has caught your eye thus far? Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. What, what have you seen so far? I mean, I, I try not putting a whole lot of stock when we've seen preseason because there's a lot of uh, – not a lot of teams. Every team is still working out a lot of stuff. But Right. I, I mean, early on, I, I, I know it's against a lot of backups, but – You've seen a lot of certain players struggling when they're trying to be on be on like number one team squad, struggling against backups. So it's, but then you got you got players who are supposed to be a backup and and they went out and kind of dominated against the backups, which is what you're supposed to do if, if you're trying to be a starter. And ones that kind of come come to come to mind is a guy we've talked about a lot during the back half of the season due to Lamar's injury was Tyler Huntley. Right. Yeah, Huntley. Um, uh- He's raising some eyebrows, as you said, in the uh, when we were off the air. I'm impressed with with Huntley so far. He's the kind of guy. Uh, he, he he's got a skill set that's he's not going to remain a Ravens backup forever. And and um, that's possible. 
16 for 18, 109, and a touchdown against the a very formidable Titans defense. But the the Titans defense, you know, even with the backups and whatnot out there, I mean, the Titans defense is usually pretty well called. I I'm pretty impressed with him uh, moving into the the first week. One guy I wasn't impressed with, Deshaun Watson, one for five, seven yards, no touchdowns. Um, he had eight snaps on the day. And uh, one for five against a very questionable Jaguars team. I mean, is is this a sign of things to come? Did the Browns make a mistake? I mean, outside of the suspension, of course. Did the Browns make a mistake in bringing him on board? I mean, it's um. I think it's too soon to say that because you got you got to remember too that it's also been he he of all the guys that played yesterday on this weekend, he's gone the longest without seeing a snap. Right. Yeah. So he's, he's he's seen a lot more rust than 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 we're than we're expecting to see. So I I think it's too soon to call in the sound the alarms. Yeah, I, I think it's it's. I mean, I would be concerned a little bit because you just spent that much money on the guy, and and maybe it's it's showing that hey, I took all this time off and or I I was you know away from the game for a while and and now I, I you know. Maybe the buds off the rose there. We we don't know. I mean, he he, he had um he has three times the amount of accusers than he had total yards. <laughs> yes, yes he did. And also, uh, guys that that really um you know stood out to me. I I think that uh, you know Jared Stidham from the Raiders stood out to me in a big way, uh, particularly today. But even in in the first game against uh, the Jags. Stidham has looked very, very good this uh, this uh, preseason so far. Anyway, um, what's your uh, takeaway on him? Um, Stidham looked pretty good. I think part of that is he's in a kind of a familiar system, being with McDaniel's again. Right. So he's kind of playing in familiar territory, and I think it's bolding well for him so far. Yep. And and one guy I know you're there's there's actually so the 49ers quarterback room in general looked very good preseason wise. Uh, one guy that you're really big on and, and that you're really fired up about, Trey Lance. He went four for five for 92 yards and a touchdown. Um, Nate Sudfeld actually stood out to me. Eight for 11 for 103 yards and a touchdown. Um, even Brock Purdy, he went three for six for 36 yards and a touchdown. So the, the Niners quarterback room, is it seems strong, and it seems like they're all taking to that 49ers system really well, don't you think? They are. They, re- they really are. Um, I Trey Lance is starting to kind of look like the quarterback I was kind of hoping was going to be like last year. And I'm hopefully we get to see that um, really start to, take, start to take off with the full season. Right. And then, um, you know, guys that are, are, you know, kind of like Patrick Mahomes looked like Patrick Mahomes does. He did actually play. I was surprised the Chiefs played him in this first one against the Bears. Yeah, looked- I, I wouldn't have started him. No, I, I think Mahomes is the guy that needs to see the field. I didn't like it, but he did go six for seven for 60 yards and a touchdown which I, I thought was um, pretty impressive, to be quite honest. I, I thought that was good. What, what was that stat line? Oh, God. Because for... you know who else? 60 yards and a touchdown. Six, uh, yeah, it was six, six for seven yards and a touchdown. You know who else was six for seven, 56 yards, but no touchdown? Who's that? It's not going to last. Don't trust me. It will not last. But Josh Rosen. Oh, yeah. They, you know that's not going to last. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to cut the man some slack for just one game in preseason, whether it's against third strings or not. He looked decent. 
Well, you know who looked really, really good, and you're going to have to cut him some slack? Um, and I understand it's preseason, but Drew Locke looked really, really good. 11 for 15, 102 yards, two touchdowns against the Steelers. Uh, Drew Locke looked pretty damn good. Drew <laughs> Locke didn't look terrible. I mean, it's against backups, but... Hey, you know what? He looked pretty good. And you know who looked very impressive and seemed like he had everything under control? A guy that I think should be the starter, Kenny Pickett with Pittsburgh, 13 for 15, 95 yards, two touchdown. He looked poised. He looked under in control. Um, you know, any questions that anybody had about hand size and whatever, just put it to rest. I don't want to hear diddly shit about his hand size anymore. He is in Sure. I I would agree, but at the same time, though, in the one drive he was in, Mitch Trubisky didn't look terrible. Trubisky he didn't came look down. Marston got a touchdown. He, he didn't look. He only bad. played the one the one drive though. But yeah, Kenny Pickett looked better, and that's I, I'm I'm actually uh, um, pretty impressed with with how he looked as a rookie. How oh, poised I totally looked. agree, but I'm I, I'm standing with my my idea that no matter how good Pickett looks his preseason, just. Just let the season be. The AFC is tough. Just let the season be. Let Pickett, Sebek, and learn. And then off to the races next season. Let, let, let this be the Trubisky show this year. Right. Uh, Jared Stidham, uh, Nate Mullins, or Nick Mullins, rather, for the, the Raiders, both looked really, really strong. The Vikings, on the other hand, uh, Kellen Mond looks better than Sean Mannion. I got to be honest with you, Tyler. I am questioning every single time I see him why Sean Mannion holds a roster spot with the Minnesota Vikings. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why this guy is here outside of his, uh, uh, I guess, faux quarterback coach situation that he's got going on with with Kirk. The fact that the Vikings gave him a three-year deal is obnoxious to me. Um, Kellen Mond was the better quarterback today against the Raiders, 9 for 14, 119 yards, two touchdowns. You know, I just I don't understand Sean Mannion in general. There are better quarterbacks that are out there. The Vikings need to start looking for quarterbacks, and frankly, I I don't see that team having a lot of depth. Um, you know, they they the backups came in and they struggled mightily in a lot of different situations. I there's just not a lot of depth on that team, well, particularly the secondary. Yeah, well, particularly in the secondary. I mean, Chris Boyd was a, a nightmare today, but even up front. I mean, DJ Wanham. I like DJ Wanham a lot, but you know, is he going to be Daniil Hunter? I don't think so. You know. Uh, Harrison Phillips was on the field and he looked damn good. He was the the big free agent pickup that that the, they snagged from Buffalo. He looked damn good. He was stuffing runs. He he even got a sack on the day. And then as soon as he came out and they put uh, guys like Armand Watson and things like that, he struggled heavily. I just it, I have questions about it, and uh, you know it's 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 raising some eyebrows. I guess I I think that that we're gonna be. Uh, we're going to have some questions about about the depth of that Viking squad on the defensive side of the football and even on the offensive side of the football. The the offensive line um, did not look strong, and that's kind of been a, a growing theme with the Vikings. Um, and when the backups got in there, I mean, Mannion just got popped. I mean, a couple of times, it 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 wasn't good. <laughs> it was it was just not good. Um, a guy that looked really good that we shit on last season. But looked really, really strong. Sam Ellinger, 10 for 11, 88 yards, two touchdowns. I know it's backups, um, but looking really good for the Colts uh, this week as well. I, I enjoyed watching him. Um, and, and, you know, he got it done. 
the the Bills still won that game, but Ellinger looked strong. I mean, he's a backup. You need a viable backup in this league. You don't need a Sean Mannion. Um, speaking of backups, one that is making you look dumb, Jordan Love. <laughs> Just well, 13, well, 13 for 24. To be fair, I mean, after last season, I, I I backed off. I didn't double down on it like I did with Trey Lance, <laughs> but I but I, I I backed off on the Drew Loves on the on the Love situation. But I, but but again, yeah, he is looking like trash. Yeah, thirteen for twenty four, one seventy six, two touchdowns, three picks. I think the Packers. I, I think the ship has sailed on Jordan Love. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I I think. I think that's about all she wrote for him. Uh, you know, we have questions. <laughs> We've had questions. I had questions about whether or not Jordan Love was worthwhile. And no, that's that's going to be a definitive dead dead ass no to me. I, I just <laughs> just no. Um, guy that looked really really good though, Jalen Hurts. Hurts looks solid. Mm-hmm. Six for six, 80 yards and a touchdown against the Jets. I know they lost that game, but like I said, like we were talking about backups, um, you know, Mike White looked like shit. Uh, Zach Wilson gets hurt. We'll talk about that in a minute. I mean, the Jets didn't look spectacular. They did enough to get it done. Um, but man, I Jalen Hurts, I think he is probably the most terrifying quarterback going into the regular season, don't you? At this moment, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, that's that's kind of I I see what he's doing and how calm and collected and how mobile he was. Um, I mean, just just looked great. He really did. He looked so good. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be a guy that everybody should be focused on. I'm sure everybody's going to be focused on him in fantasy this year. He just he looked really solid. Um, over with the Giants, the Giants went and beat the the Patriots this week. Uh, Got questions about the quarterback room with the the Patriots. I mean, obviously, we know Mac Jones. He's packed on some size, by the way. He looks damn good. Uh, Bailey Zappi came in. Uh, He played the bulk of the snaps. He went 19 for 32, 205, a touchdown and a pick. He almost threw a nasty game-ending interception that that, uh, was was ugly. Tyrod Taylor was in there for the Giants. I think the Giants have probably one of the best backups in all football in Tyrod Taylor, don't you? One of, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's one of. I mean, you. We we've seen uh, some good teams or some teams with some really like shitty backups, like the Vikings currently have, and Sean Mannion. I think Kellen Mond is QB two over there. I'm confident in that. Or you see like the Saints should be. You know, I mean, we we've seen some bad ones, or the the Texans with uh, Jeff Driscoll, who really struggled this past week um, against against the Saints. So I mean, we have there. There's a lot of questions there. Uh, well, I'll tell you who didn't look good. It's got me concerned. Like I usually, I agree. Don't start your starters. But if you have a new player to a team that needs to learn a system, they need to see some some starts here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the hell the Panthers are doing right now. Um, Baker only saw one one drive as a Darnold. You guys got a quarterback battle, and and you're not giving either of them any time to really shine here. You you spent your whole game with fucking PJ Walker. Yeah, they, I but and, and then on top of that. Matt Corral looked like shit. Yeah, he he looked like dog shit. Uh, one for nine. 11. One for nine. Just couldn't get it done. I mean, is Matt Corral going to be the biggest bust quarterback out of this whole thing? I mean, at this rate, he doesn't make question. Is 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 Matt Corral going to be as bad as Josh Rosen? Yeah, I mean, at, at this rate, Matt Corral doesn't make the team, does he? I I I mean, if he continues at this pace, I what? <sighs> 
I mean, let's not forget how, he was not because how do you how do you cut PJ Walker? I mean, I mean can I, right I, now. It, and that's a silly ass question to ask because it's like it's fucking PJ Walker. Yes, but but, but the fact that Matt Corral was worse than PJ Walker. Mm, here's help. the thing: um, you can't cut Corral. You you spent you have a draft pick on him. I mean, what was second so, right? You you don't cut second rounders. You and I both know. I mean, they should cut him, but we both know it's not going to happen. <laughs> One for so, nine. Oh. Do you cut Walker or do you cut Darnold? I don't know if you cut Darnold because at least you know that Darnold's going to be good for about three games. Depends and then after, McCaffrey plays. after that, he's going to implode. But three games is about what he's good for, especially with with Christian McCaffrey on the field. Right? I mean. That's about what he was good for last year. And then McCaffrey went down. And he didn't have anything. They have a conundrum because you can't you can't go into the season with four. No, someone's going to get cut. I I at this pace, going one for nine for eleven yards. I think you're talking Matt Corral. I, Crazier things have happened. But they I think, haven't though. I, I don't know the last time. I, I couldn't tell you last time a second round pick got cut. I don't know. I mean, I've seen first rounders get cut this at this point in the season, haven't you? We we've seen that before. And and we talk about it as being big news, right? That's my point. I mean, I at, at this pace, him getting cut just wouldn't be a run the mill. Oh, we got cut. No, that'd be that'd be big news. So you'd be okay with a guy going one for nine? Like if he did that for the rest of the preseason, one for nine for eleven yards, and and that's all he gave you. If he continued at that pace, you'd be pushing to keep him anyway. You don't want to, but at the same time, it's it's a rookie who had a, who had a, a lot of uh, me and you both like Corral. Let's 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 rewind here for a second. I, I did like Corral. I, so if, my if, my thing here is, it's a guy who had a lot of potential. A, a lot of experts liked him. I think because you don't need him, you have two other guys you can start. You can't cut Corral, and you make his ass sit down for for two full seasons here. Yeah, I mean that that might be the case for at I, least one here, and then and see where and see where we're at this time next year. Yep. Now, uh, a guy that also that looked really, really good and raised some eyebrows, Sam Howell. I was talking about this guy, how I think he could be one of the best quarterbacks to come out of this draft class, and and um, he looked pretty damn good. He didn't, he wasn't, you know, insanely amazing um, compared to Carson Wentz. I mean, <clears throat> Howell went nine for sixteen. Both comparable. Wentz went ten for thirteen for seventy four. Um, what do you think? I mean, Wentz, everybody kept talking about uh, accuracy issues with Wentz. He went 10 for 13. I don't want to hear diddly shit about his, his uh, accuracy. There wasn't anything wrong with Wentz. No, there was nothing wrong with him. What do you make of Sam Howell? Do you think he's the future of the Washington Commanders? I think he is. I think he is, but I, I, again, like Steelers, I, I, I think it's going to be in Howell's best interest to let it be this the Wentz show for a while. Oh, yeah. You sit behind. Learn. That's, like, that's, fans get so so quick to... To want to jump ship on quarterbacks, like I'm, I'm gonna. This would be a great transition to to the other one. Um, is um fans are so quick and fickle to want to jump aside and go with a new quarterback. Like you know, I'm already sick and tired of hearing um Malik Willis's name, regardless yeah. of how good he did. And it's like he he didn't he didn't destroy the world, but you have no reason to go away from Tannehill right now. I I don't think Willis did that good. Six for 11 for 107. Okay, so you, you bombed one out. I mean, you went six for 11. 
His accuracy. Yeah, he, he had some good running numbers, but but accuracy is not great. Accuracy is right not great. I mean, I understand we're in a, a mobile quarterback type of league, and everybody's you know fired up about looking for the next Lamar. Let's face that. It, it is everybody's looking for the next Lamar, and everybody's looking for the next Josh Allen. That's what they're looking for these days. And I I don't really believe completely in that. I'm I'm if it's me, I'm looking for the next Tom Brady. But you know, I, I get the excitement about Malik Willis. I under I don't know that he's better than Tannehill right now. Um, I, I let mean, it mar- and he yeah. could be, but let it let it marinate. Yeah, let it. You're, let it let Tannehill it is a quarterback who got you to the number one seed in the AFC in the AFC. Um, without Derrick Henry for over half the season, and without with, without AJ Brown for for over a third. Yeah, and I I don't know how much of it was actually Tannehill, but I I digress. You know, I most I, teams don't 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 get the number one seed lose, losing their their number one running back and number one on receiver for a combined sixteen games. Right. That's my right. point. I mean, my my thing is I I think he he benefited from one of the best defenses in the league, um, and one of the best pass rushes in the league, but maybe he, but. And and he benefited from having a really good backup running back behind Derrick Henry, who was tremendous last year. But I, I just think, um, you know, I, I agree with you that I think we're way too far on the Malik Willis hype train, especially in the first game of preseason. Uh, I don't think Malik Willis is is anything spectacular in any way, shape, or form uh, right now. He could develop. He could become the next Lamar. If Tannehill goes down with an injury, Malik Willis, that's that's going to be his golden opportunity. If Malik Willis doesn't deliver, let's say Tannehill, heaven forbid, goes down with an injury, and Malik Willis comes trotting onto the field, I mean, and, and he performs poorly, I think we've heard the last of Malik Willis. I mean, mm-hmm. like, we, if Baker Mayfield a few years ago had come out on the field when Tyrod Taylor went down and played poorly, or Justin Herbert, the same thing, and played questionably, then we we're having a completely different discussion because I, and, yeah. and maybe I'm a little biased on this and feel free to back me up if I am, but I, I don't think I'm too, I'm, I'm too far off. Um, everyone's so wrapped up Malik Willis being the next Lamar, but like baby steps here, let's, let's make him the next Huntley first. Right. Right. Cause let's, right now at this, this moment, I take Huntley over Willis. I do. I not by, not by a lot. I mean, it's, we're oh. talking, we're talking fraction points here, but. Willis had a had a had a had a pretty decent first preseason game. Let's let's not blow it up and, and go to the hype train here. Yeah, yeah, he had a he right had out a, for what it is. I hope the dude comes up and tears it up and becomes the next big thing, but we don't need it right now. Yeah, yeah, I think I I agree one hundred percent. At least in like in when ball, like, yeah, people were were screaming for Lamar to come in when he was drafted. But I mean, we're talking different situations. We're, we're we're coming off a year where the Ravens missed the playoffs with Joe Flacco. We're not we didn't come off a year where we're the number one seed in, in the AFC. Right, right. So there's two, two different types of conversations here. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I think Malik Willis, um, could he be something really special in this league? Absolutely. I, I could see that. I just don't know that. Um, I don't know that now is the moment. Because mm-hmm. you know, in, in Willis' defense here, um, accuracy issues, even after a full eight regular season games, were something we were talking about Lamar. So that's something that, that Willis can fix. So right. let's focus on that not on not on being the starter right now exactly six for 11 i mean he he, he was close to you know 50 percent. i mean just over 50 percent at you know it, it wasn't was it a horrible outing no was it was it kind of what i expected yeah 
He had 32 rushing in a touchdown. You sit quiet and just do your thing, work on your accuracy. Um, you're not talking about being the next Lamar. You, um, I, you, you, can, you can take a step further. You can make yourself the next Mahomes. Right. And I, like, I think that, that Tannehill, if I'm not mistaken, he's in a contract year, isn't he? Uh, I thought he had a couple more years, but they're not, they're not going to hold on to him for, for the entire thing. I, I can't imagine. I, I don't believe so. I think he's got um, one year. I think he's got uh, two million left on his deal, if I'm not mistaken. No, you you could be right. If I mean, my he, computer would load. Yeah, yeah, everything's uh, so. He, he's after, on yeah. contract through 25. Right, but but after this year they have an out, and really his contract isn't through 25. He's got uh, dead cap years on the on the end there. So I mean. They they added two of the the void years. He does have so technically he's under contract through twenty three. So I mean they they added the void years on the back. That's fine, but they do have an out after this year. Um, they do. I don't necessarily like eighteen but eighteen million cap pay here, but they're they're going to take him. Mean, you, you drafted Willis for a reason here. You got you got him cheap because you got him in early second round. But he should have right. been a first rounder. So take, take it, the, it's going to be the Willis show. Just patience. Take the cap hit after this year, you know. I, I mean, really, and it really, and, and like I said, heaven forbid something happens. Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis comes in, you know, this this could be a big deal. This could be nice. I mean, you you could quietly see the Titans transition to Malik Willis, and and I don't like I said, I don't think Malik Willis is ready right now, but I I mean. You could see the Titans do it. I've seen it happen. You, we've seen that happen before, where a quarterback gets drafted, and you know a team goes, eh, you know, like that guy's going to be our guy of the future, and they just kind of see a guy out and say, "Have a good one, thanks for your help," and then they they move and, into the next. And honestly, if you're if they're that invested in putting him in that offense, do do what the Ravens did with Lamar in the first year before before Flacco got hurt. Um, use him in packages, the double quarterback packages with the with the run plays that they did with Lamar very early on. Do that if you want to keep him involved. Like I've, I have no problem keeping him involved. Willis was a hell of an athlete. That could be a possibility too. I agree with that. Uh, so I mean, Malik Willis, he's he's generating some excitement. I mean, that's for sure. I, I like him a lot. Um, a guy that didn't do really well as a rookie in his first preseason game. I mean, the the yardage and the touchdowns, everybody's fired up about. But Desmond Ritter, uh, the accuracy, a little questionable. Ten for twenty-two, one hundred three yards, two touchdowns. Um, Barely gets it done against a uh, a Lions team that really just handed that ball game over to him. Um, Falcons win 27-23. Ritter, I mean, I like Desmond Ritter. I liked him in college. Uh, there was a lot of hype about him. A lot of experts were saying that he was probably going to be the best uh, uh, quarterback to come out of this um, uh, draft class. I mean, there was a lot of, lot of hype there, but there were accuracy questions, and they reared their ugly head in this game. Do you think that this is going to be an ongoing trend with Desmond Ritter? I mean, he almost threw a, a game-losing interception at the end of this thing. Um, what do you make of Desmond Ritter? It's clear to me right now that this is Mariota's team. Mm. Um, nothing to to even inch that conversation. Right. Um, right. Ritter ran for a good amount. Six, six for 59, that's, that's good. But um, I need to see a lot more in the passing game to, to even budge on that. Yeah, there there wasn't a lot from Ritter that really moved the needle for me. Uh, he he didn't look incredible, to be honest. I I mean, ten for twenty two is nothing to write home about. Uh, I I want to see if he can get that accuracy number up. He didn't look horrible, 
but he's taking on a backup Lions team. You know, there there's a lot of questions there. I understand he plays for a, a really questionable Atlanta squad, but 10 for 22 for 120 or 103 yards, even if there was two touchdowns, one of which came on a double coverage, blown coverage, a blown double coverage assignment by the Lions. Um, you know, it, I have I have questions about Ritter. And like I said, he's not moving the needle for me. I think he's just there for now. And he's going to have to develop and he's going to have to figure out something better. I don't think he's a fit for this scheme, quite honestly. And and there's just a lot. Of, I mean, Arthur Smith is going to have to figure it out. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is just ugly. So um, we do have some news around the league, Tyler. Uh, we got some news we're going to jump into. I want to take a quick break just for a minute here, and then we will jump into uh, our news around the league. So we'll be back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all Get ready On this uh, fine uh, wine drinking Sunday before I go back to work for the first time wine? in five weeks. Really? You're drinking some wine. Why are you drinking wine? I'm classy. <laughs> yes. Since <laughs> <laughs> when have you been a, a classy guy drinking wine? I, I drink wine on occasion. Jesus Christ. Get you bougie motherfucker. I am the, the fabulous great town. You know what's funny is is I'm the fabulous one, but I'm over here drinking like shit beer, and you're over there <laughs> drinking wine. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, folks, uh, welcome back to the Outside Blitz, uh, Tyler. We've got some news around the league to cover. A uh, lot of lot of interesting stuff going on. I want to jump into the elephant in the room for today, and we always seem to have one of these. Today's elephant in the room, uh, I'm going to call it this one. It has to do with your boy. Lamar Jackson sets his contract negotiation deadline as week one. He won't negotiate after that point. He hopes to have a contract extension done by week one. If there's no extension, he's not going to negotiate during the middle of the season. Um, he he just, you know, is is leaving it in the air. I mean, Tyler, I mean, are you are you? pissing your pants at this point i mean is are you concerned what what is the the deal here 
So there's a few different ways to look at this, and I'm and my brain's looking at it in different ways too. Like depending on what my mood is, I look at it differently. <laughs> um, but on the surface, um, it's easy to jump to man that week one if there's a contract's not done, Lamar's going to hold out. Right. It's a concern, but the logical part of my brain just kind of like listening to Lamar in that interview. It, it sounds more like it's kind of it's comparable to like when he was doing all his offseason stuff where he just didn't want to focus. I part of me does truly believe that like he just doesn't week one that's the season I'm I'm not focusing on the contract I'm focusing on playing. Because right. he hasn't really alluded to to holding out in, in any way at least not any no interview I've seen. No, he hasn't. So I my brain tells me it's like look week one's here it's season time we'll we'll, we'll worry again at the end of the season whether it's whether whether it's a franchise tag so be it. Um. But I, I do think he definitely wants that contract to be done. But but it just it's just weird because like basically the 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 timeline in which Lamar is saying yeah I'm going to negotiate he, he hasn't given the Ravens much of a window to even do much talking. <laughs> it's like it's like surprise training camp I'm ready to talk. All right I'm done when the season starts. You had like you guys had a month. <laughs> yeah he he didn't really uh, give them much of an opportunity. I mean it was it was like it was almost like the Ravens had a rapid fire send offers, you know, and until he said it was almost like Madden, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I I really, do yeah. I do think that the contract does get done before the season starts. I mean, we still have um well, with that number we're three weeks out. Yeah. Um, I do think it gets done, especially when that they're sort of like having like that on. Like you see teams go from no talks to full blown contract in days in some situations. So I, my confidence level right now is. Him saying a Raven, my comments level is, is about 90, but, but that that includes going on the free agency route, or not free agency, franchise tag route. Um, yeah. Confidence in a contract getting done before week one of the, of the season. I'm not 70? Okay, so you're still right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not losing my – no, I'm not saying that. I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure he's not going to go anywhere. I just, I, 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 I'm remaining optimistic. That I, I think just based on how the conversations are going, it, it feels to me that there's – it it doesn't feel like there's a lot of animosity going on. Like a lot of times you see those contracts negotiate, like Cardinals. Like that one felt like there was a chance that he could have gone somewhere else because like both sides were just being angry, especially publicly. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of anger in in Cardinal land, and we'll we'll you know speak on them shortly. Um, but I don't yeah. see the I don't see the anger part here. I don't I don't yeah, see no. the um um sign um sign me right now or I'm gonna pack my bags. I I, I just don't see that normal. Um, frustration level that, you, that we were used to seeing in the high-profile anger-type contract negotiations. Yeah, I, I think that Lamar is handling this in a very professional fashion. A lot of times, you know, guys will stomp their feet, and and I, I think Lamar is very calmly just saying, you know, this is what I feel I'm worth, and the Ravens are sending offers, and he's saying, yeah, that one's a little too low for me. And and you know, the Ravens, um, there's not you you are 100% right. There's not that animosity there. Uh, there's not a lot of hostility. Uh, which is good. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm 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 still concerned because obviously you just want it to be done, right? Um, so I'm, I'm I'm there's part of me that's still kind of like, come on guys, let's uh let's do this. I don't like this. But I also think it does speak to Lamar in a way because Lamar, uh, you know, he's handling this in such a way where he is setting himself up where everybody's going to look and go, oh wow, look how professional this guy is, and and that's kind of like look how professionally he acted. He wasn't like those prima donnas that that you know yell and scream and hoot and holler and stomp their feet and whatever else and go and and have a, a hissy fit about their contract. And I think he's he's handling this in such a way where he is 
dealing with the Ravens professionally, and then it's making the rest of the league look over and go, wow, look at him acting all professional. So that way, if it doesn't work out, he still has the ability to sign elsewhere, uh, you know, for for a, a good price, and somebody's going to wind up paying. Yeah, he learned that lesson that we all that we're all told growing up: never close a door. Right, and he has he isn't he's not closing that door, which is is smart. He's he is handling this beautifully, and and which is interesting for a guy that really doesn't have an agent. Yeah, it's him. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I mean, that, and then, <sighs> but I do think there's a. Uh, there's a couple of Ravens fans that have, and I'm not going to call them out because they're not necessarily wrong because they could be right, but I don't think they are. Um, there's a certain level of oh look, look how calm he's being. Like I, I think they're like I really think this means that he's going to take a severely cap friendly number. Like no, it does not mean that. No, he's you're going to be you're going to be paying him around Kyler, Kyler Murray number. You yeah. are. He's he's just not letting him see him sweat, and that's smart. He is he is handling his like, business. Him being calm does not mean that he's trying to only sign for like 20 million. That is not happening. No, he's not going to take a Tom Brady deal. And if I'm Lamar, I mean, I, I from a certain level, I I wouldn't either. But but not a lot of players do. That. I mean, I I don't think Tom. I, I'm still on the, on the camp of Tom Brady wouldn't either if he did, if Giselle wasn't making as much as she was. But that's a different story for a different day. But I I think, I I think Tom take that number. You know, because he want to win the Super Bowl and he's making enough money off his endorsements as it is. Plus plus being married to someone who makes more than he'll ever make in football. But still, you know, I mean, he he's doesn't have to worry about it. His legacy means a lot. And and really, I mean, let's be, let's be real, just off topic here. If if, if I'm Tom Brady and I make, thir- like, let's say you make $30 million next year, Tyler. I couldn't spend that money in my lifetime. You know, like, I, I mean, I, I could maybe, but like, I, I don't, it, it takes a lot for me to burn through $30 million. You know, I that's right. why. Tom takes all those those franchise friendly contracts because understanding what is enough money is you know pretty smart. <laughs> and and uh, to a certain point too, it's not just about the money either. Like, like let's be honest, um, if you if you sign for anywhere close to what these players are signing for, then the next day you are paralyzed for life. That money's not worth it. It's not. Right. right. So I I. I Seventy-five percent of that money is is an insurance policy. The way I look at it. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. There's no amount of money in the world that's gonna that's, that's gonna be worth me not being able to move move, my, move from the neck down. Yeah. So no fucking worst case scenario, but it's a scenario that exists much more often for them than say me or you. Yeah, I agree. It's now it's blown up a lot more than it needs to be, but I I I get it. And I put a lot of that on the NFL for raising the cap every year. If you didn't raise the cap, the numbers of the players, what the players want, wouldn't be going up. Yeah, it would be much more reasonable. Like you, you could slowly decline it, and it's gonna, it's gonna slowly bring the market down naturally. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, also, but um, the- um, oh. one more thing on Lamar. Um, um, I, I, this is a few weeks ago, but we, we didn't really get a chance to talk about because we've been off for a few weeks. Is, um. The one positive thing to take from Lamar, even though he likely won't see a snap in the preseason, um, Lamar showed up to camp with about 20 pounds of muscle. Yeah, he he definitely got got bigger. And in, in, um, in so any concern of like what was he doing during? Because he he had missed the uh, optional uh, workouts. Yeah, there's concern. I like, go oh, whenever you see that, like oh no, they're gonna they're gonna show up looking like uh, Fournette or whatever. But no, it, it was quite clear that Lamar put in his own work. Yeah, he did. 
and which is good because you know at his size and the the fact that he was sustaining some injuries, um, you know that he, he, he has and over the course of the last couple of years he's sustained an injury or two hasn't been major but it's kept him out for a few games. Yeah, he said that one. He had the one injury that kept him out for basically the whole season. But before that, he wasn't really hurt. But I, I, I just. But before, besides that, he he's missed half his games. He's missed on like illnesses. I hope the boy's taking some probiotics here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No more uh, bathroom breaks. A guy that showed up healthy though, and and that'll be a major help. Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins. He's set to return to practice this week. So J.K. Dobbins yeah, he, and, he, and he did. Um, there's a lot of there's actually a lot of talk there. They're like um, Dobbins isn't nowhere near. Like a lot of reporters are saying that he's nowhere near close. And like the next day he comes off the pup list. It's like, yeah, you don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, yeah. The, Dobbins he came off the pup list. He returned to practice. He looked strong. Um, and and he was uh, doing some individual drills. So I, I think he's going to be ready for for uh, some of the contact drills uh, pretty soon here. A uh, guy that won't be, though, Ravens rookie center, Tyler Linderbaum. He suffers the Liz Frank injury. Um, the Ravens say they're hopefully he's only going to miss one to two weeks. Uh, is this concerning for you? I mean, a Liz Frank injury, I mean, I know it's a, supposedly a, a minor Liz Frank injury. What do we? What's the takeaway from this? I mean, Yeah, and, 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 and me and you had talked about this a little bit last week because um, on the surface, ETN had the same – name of injury but um the difference we're looking at is fracture versus sprain yep and all indications are that it's 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 a sprain and um mris are coming back negative for fractures so i i ravens seem to be confident that we're looking at just missing the rest of preseason which i think that'd be fine i i, I think if that's truly the case i think leonard bombs look good enough in training camp that he's not going to have much of an issue i'm just sitting out and just being ready for the season I, I think and that's the case too. Do you think usually, I'm a rookie missing those precious snaps can be a problem. But I, I it's like we said in the draft though, and and training camp has kind of indicated that. Um, Linderbaum does seem to be one of those types of generational talents that I, I think will, he may. I mean, he, it could take him a couple games to kind of loosen back up. I, I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, do you think he? So you think he's a starter over there? Did they, they named him the starter? Yeah, we don't we don't have anybody because we had we had just because we we lost some part of our O line in the in free agency. I, I think they drafted him with every expectation of him being a day one starter. Right. Uh, one guy that will not be going anywhere, or or that you don't have to worry about starting uh, at least for the next four years. Your boy Justin Tucker. I know you jizzed in your pants seeing this one. Justin Tucker signs a four year extension. It makes him the highest paid kicker in NFL history, twenty four million dollars. Um, so he's getting six per year. I mean, you, did you did you soak your jockeys there when you when you saw that? I mean, I don't think any anybody paying attention expected it to be any different. Um, Tucker's talked about playing till forty five. He's moved his family to Baltimore. I, I don't envision there being any reason for him to change teams, um, especially when Butker signed to match Tucker's salary. I think um, Tucker getting an extension was always going to happen. Yeah, uh, not not Butker, Butker um, um, Boswell. <laughs> Boswell, yes. Now, did you uh, did you call the Ravens with the little cherry on top and say, "Hey, you know, I'll totally blow him too"? Or <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad that um I'm sure we have it on on unless you deleted files, but in one of our early years of the podcast, me and you had the great debate of Goshkowski versus Tucker. I, I and uh, I'm, I'm just so glad that now I, that that is such a signed, sealed, delivered argument now. Yeah, it is. It is at this point. I think at the time I was I was very big on Goskowski. Goskowski suffered his injuries with the Titans. 
he is long gone. But Which, believe it or not, um, we, we shed on Boswell, but Boswell's career average has squeaked over 90. Yeah, he had the, the couple of tough years there where we were wondering what in the hell is going on, and he seems to have, you know, kind of got rid of the yips there. But uh, he's been very solid last couple seasons. Yeah, it was it was questionable there for a minute, and we were both going, "Huh? How does this guy have now, a job?" There is one kicker I keep seeing his name pop up, and I like him. We talked about it um, post Super Bowl, but I've seen so many TikToks. Like I saw one today about it's like it's like it's like a, a video like it, it's it's Tucker sleeping nice in his bed. But then he has a nightmare about how um, Evan McPherson is right on his tail and maybe past him as best kicker in the league. Like, no, I, I like Evan McPherson. Evan a lot. McPherson had a very solid rookie season. Um, eighty-four percent is okay for a seasoned running back. It's good for it's very good for a rookie. Yeah, but I, I, like like I think everyone's getting tied up with. He had a phenomenal playoff. He looked really good during the season as a rookie. I, I mean, we've seen rookies have their struggles. Dan Carlson's a, a great, you know, uh, uh, um, a great example of that. But, mm-hmm. you, you know, we saw him suffer and, and have a, a rough go on, of things. And we, we see it all the time. Rookie kicker comes in, rookie kicker struggles, rookie kicker gets caught, so on and so forth. McPherson, you know, I mean, he had rookie struggles, but not as many. I don't think he's better than Tucker. I mean, I, I won't. He, I, I, I can't I can't put him top five right now, I don't think. I don't know if he's top five either. I, I just think he's a good kicker. He's a good, it, solid kicker. I, but I, I do think a lot of it stemmed from he had, I, I believe it was like a rookie record-breaking playoff, and I won't take that from him. The, the, he looked great in the playoffs. Yeah, he looked great in the and, playoffs. And, you know, I even he could have went 40 for 40 in the regular season. He didn't miss anything, and I still couldn't put him in the same category. Like, I don't know that. Um, say, say a rookie year of 100%, and we're, we're going to put him greatest kicker of all time? No, I wouldn't put him greatest kicker of all time. No, but, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, well, I'm not saying greatest <laughs> kicker of all time. Like, I'm just saying, you know. Kickers uh, have, we, we know a lot of kickers who started off phenomenal and, like, they die in year three. Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh. Um, let's not forget the fact that, that um everyone laughs when they hear the name Billy Cudniff. The dude had, at the one point, had, like, six Pro Bowls. I think uh, I I think McPherson's very good. I, I mean, I love McPherson. Yeah, I like McPherson a lot. I I don't think he's as good as Tucker. Obviously, uh, could he be? Sure. I mean, we got to wait and see. But um, Evan McPherson, you know, he, he had himself a damn good rookie season. Eighty-four um, percent. Is it the best? No. It, it's very. It's a very middle of the road kicker, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the um, AFC North probably has the 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 best kicker collective in the league i think we can agree with that boswell tucker and mcpherson's a great combo of kickers yep but but the tucker thing um six million is is a lot i mean you we me and you've talked a lot about kickers but i i there's not many that i think has that conversation to say like who's worth the dough like a a guy who's going to bail you out of games like tucker does it all the time yep and and that's that's the thing He, he does he i mean you saw him do it in detroit this last year um you know, like when, when a player can single-handedly um, turn a game from a, a, a guaranteed loss to just sucking the life out of a stadium and, and like that, like, and it, then but then like multiply that about how many times it's happened, like it's right, right. So I mean, I and and you know, uh, I I think you don't see that as often. One guy that we don't really see that from, but 
he did get you did allude to it earlier. Steelers they did extend Chris Boswell Boswell four years, twenty million dollars. You know you don't see that out of a guy like Chris Boswell. You see it out of Justin Tucker all the time, and we we have seen that. I don't think Boswell is nearly on the level of Tucker, but uh, you know good kicker. I don't think Boswell's worth five million a year. Um, maybe three, maybe four, but I, I'm not. I give it to Butker before I gave it to Boswell. I agree with that. I give it to Butker before Boswell. Um, it just it, that's that's just what it is. But he did get signed to the extension. Steelers locked down their kicker. Uh, elsewhere around your division, um, Brown center Nick Harris. He's going to need season-ending surgery following a knee injury he suffered versus the Jags. He was carted off the field. Um, is this just opening the door for J.C. Treader to come walking back in? I mean, with Cleveland. I mean, I know Treader has the bum knees. I know he's got a higher asking price because of who he is. Do you think J.C. Treader winds back up with with the Browns here? I mean, or do you think Treader remains on free agency? What What do you think here? I mean, are the Browns uh, uh, going to get their guy back at all? I don't. I don't know. Part of me wants to say he left for a reason, and and he's not going to just come marching back in. But part of me also feels like Treader should be on the team right now. I know. I know there's the injury risk with them, but he still should at least be signed because if he's healthy, he's gonna he's gonna be a upgrade for most teams. I agree he should be signed. There there were a lot of people that were linking him to the Vikings. The Vikings went out and, and didn't say diddly shit about J.C. Treader. Apparently, they seem to be sold on Garrett Bradbury. I'm not, but hey, whatever. Um, Treader's the perfect candidate for these these new, I'm, I'm going to call them hybrid contracts of, hey, here's base, 17 games, it, it blooms up to your actual worth. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, you signed Treader. For something, you gotta be respectful. But with notation, if you play all 17 games, you will get top five in the position salary. And right. and and protect Treader. Even throw in there like, um, if we like, like we can't bench you just to save that. Like, like if if you're healthy for all 17 games, here's your top five salary. Yeah, I agree with that. And that, that's becoming more and more popular. And I and I I like that. Yep. I, I think that's smart. Uh, you know, an incentive-laden deal is not a problem. Um, and, and one guy that that is looking for a trade and a new deal, Kareem Hunt with the Browns. Kareem Hunt comes out, he requests a trade. The Browns refuse to trade him. Uh, I mean, do you see Kareem Hunt being a holdout? Do you see him getting traded? Do you think he hits free agency after this year? I don't think he wants to be in Cleveland anymore. I think he wants to be the bell cow back, and they're not allowing him to be the bell cow back. Um what do you think about Kareem Hunt here? I think he believes now, after he's kind of served that low payment sentence that he's that he was dealt, because he hasn't been being paid very well by the Browns. Um, now that he's served that that sentence for for all the off the field nonsense, I think he's ready for big money. Do you think Kareem Hunt goes out and gets big money? Well, what do you I think? I think he should. And the, here's my my issue here is um with with the Browns current setup um if if Kareem Hunt's asking for a trade, why the fuck are you telling him no? You have you have Chubb and you have Dearness Johnson. Yeah, I don't want to say you don't need Hunt because Hunt's Hunt's an upgrade from Dearness Johnson, but Dearness Johnson is a, a fabulous too. You can get something for 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 Hunt right now. I agree. Why you have a surplus of backs that most that the most league do not have? Why are we saying no? Go get your second rounder and move on. Yeah, I think that's a second round pick, no doubt. I, I think if you, if you dump him and, and you trade him away, you're getting a second. Yeah, I think you're getting a two for him. 
Because this time last year, I was talking about um retaining Hunt because you already signed him and letting Chubb walk and, and then run the Deanerance Johnson show. Like, same situation. Um, Not to say that Hunt is Chubb because he's not. No. But Dearness Johnson is a good-ass enough bet, second running back to where your running system does not diminish. Right. Dearness Johnson, and he showed that last year. He showed that. In two occasions in which he, he played number two behind Hunt and behind Chubb because both Hunt and Chubb both had missed a game or two. Right. And and really when he took over as the number one one night. He, he had mm-hmm. an, uh, Yeah, there's, there's the one they were missing both of them. That's right. Yep. And he took over as the number one and tore it up. So, I, I mean – and, and well, I would tell him no. You're not crippling yourself by trading Hunt. The and, only, and it's not because and it's not because Hunt's bad. It's because you have a surplus. And the only reason I know that Dearness Johnson was good as a number one in that in their absence is because I played him in fantasy and he tore it up for me that week. So I mean, yeah, I, I believe in that. Dearness Johnson, I think he could be a solid number two. And and I think people are sleeping on him. I think the Browns are sleeping on him. Uh, he's a good running back. So. Um, elsewhere around that division the, with the Steelers back, back to the Steelers here, they did sign wide receiver Deontay Johnson to a two year, $36.71 million extension. You know, I love this signing. I think he's a really great, uh, possession receiver. He got a lot of receptions last year. He got a good amount of yardage last year. He saw a lot of end zone targets last year. Deontay Johnson is the number one over there. I think that's pretty clear cut, right? hundred percent. And Steelers, I think if, if Kenny Pickett can take off, Steelers are looking at a very minute rebuild. Yeah. Because yeah, they, Najee they, Harris, um, while he had his struggles, he, he Najee Harris was still one of six, only six running backs to break a thousand yards last year. Najee Harris is gonna have himself a year this year. Yeah. Um Deontay Johnson is one of the best receivers in football. I don't know why he's signed for what he did. And then you just drafted him George Pickens. Right. This team's poised. To take off, and Steelers ownership, and I know they just got a new GM, but um, they've set themselves up very well year after year after year. I, I, I mean, I hate the team, but I can't argue against their their philosophy of never truly rebuilding. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I I believe in that. I I think that um, uh, you know they 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 have uh, reloaded as opposed to rebuild, and that's that's what I think it is, and and um. You know, they, they got it done uh, in, a, in a really good way. I think uh, Kenny Pickett, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I thought he was the number one um, uh, the number one quarterback to come out of this draft. He's showing it preseason. His numbers are phenomenal so far. 13 for 15 is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, you know, he, he fits the mold. And I, I think, as, uh, you know, there were a lot of, so many questions about minute little things, uh, you know, always hand size, things like that. But, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, I, I think he's shown his worth. I think he's shown he's worth every bit of of stock the Steelers put in him. Uh, a lot of people were talking about Malik Willis being the guy over there. I think he he has erased almost all doubt at this point in time, I mean, with his performance in the preseason, how he's looked in camp, the hand size thing, the accuracy. Uh, he was throwing the ball with velocity in that game. I'm all on board with Kenny Pickett, and I think he could be the future of that franchise um, if he keeps his trajectory. Don't you? It's it's looking that way, and I, I for the Steelers' sake, I hope they will allow him to develop. And don't rush him in there. They don't need to. No, they don't. But in the selfish <laughs> me part and says day one starter, let's do it. Yeah, he's outperforming. 
He's outperforming, you know, Mitch Trubisky. He's outperforming all these other guys. I'm, I'm on, I'm on the Kenny Pickett train. I'm not a Steeler fan, but Kenny Pickett looks damn good. Well, as a non-Steeler fan, I want them to throw him out there because the AFC this year, you're, you're, he's going to the Wolves. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we, I, but we we know how confidence can completely derail a career, and for Pickett's sake to be the next great thing, he should sit this whole year. I mean, if. I I don't know if he should. I I just feel like Trubisky did. Trubisky looked good too. He had he had his one drive touchdown. Like there's, there's no reason to say Trubisky can't get the job done. Let, I, let, let Pickett sit back and learn. I've watched too much of Mitch Trubisky, and maybe that just has jaded me a little bit. But He's I've a watched, two-time playoff quarterback. I, I mean, in it with a lot of trick plays and whatnot. I don't know. I, <laughs> I he's another one of those guys where it's like sat behind a really nice run game and a really great defense and so on and so forth. And I always talk about that. You know, you get these quarterbacks where, you know, everybody goes, oh, well, he's a playoff guy. Well, you know, let's be real. You know, he had really good running back, really great defense that year. And in both those years, as soon as that defense went away, you know, it was relying on him. And then a lot of pieces of that offense started going away and he was showing he couldn't get it done. Missing a lot. Well, of- that's also not fair. Either. Like you, you, you strip, you strip weapons. I mean, no quarterback really does great. I don't know if no quarterback does great. Say that to Peyton Manning. You know, say that to Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Peyton Brady. Manning, Peyton you- Manning always had his weapons, though. And let's well, see what happens to Mister Rogers this year. Right, we're gonna find out. But and and Rogers, I mean, for the most part, I mean, to be fair to Aaron Rodgers, he got it done with you know, no weapons for a while there too. I mean, there, there's, I have questions. I have questions about, about the Mitchell Trubisky. I I've seen that dumpster fire before I I've seen this and, and everybody wants to talk about things like, Oh, two time playoffs. Okay, cool. Mark Sanchez made the AFC championship twice. You don't see us lauding him as some sort of amazing quarterback. Do you? For those two years we did. No, no, absolutely not. See the media did. The national media did, but but at the end of the day, I watched a guy um, in in Mark Sanchez, for example. Then this this is the story that always gets me going into the the AFC title game. It was 2009. It was set to be Jets versus Colts in the AFC title game, and we're watching Mark Sanchez go 15 for 19 for 195 yards, and then and and I think one touchdown. And everybody is lauding him as some sort of like amazing quarterback. Oh, look how good Mark, Mark Sanchez is. Flip over to the, the next game, the four o'clock game, and there's Peyton Manning going 31 for 34 for 395 and four touchdowns. But nobody's talking about it. I was uh calling I was calling Sanchez Walmart Flacco for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean that's the that's all he was. He if you ordered a quarterback from Wish, you got Mark Sanchez. You know that I, no. I can't sit here and tell you that for that two years, Mark Sanchez was anything incredible. He was not. He was not good for two years. He hid behind Thomas Jones and Ladanian Tomlinson and a great defense. I mean, like, people forget that Darrell Rivas and, and Antonio Cromartie were the two outstanding corners there. I mean, like, people need to think about these things. When we talk about, like, like oh, they made the playoffs. Yeah, well, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, we we can talk about those things. Oh, well, it's he, it's he, funny too because I'm kind of full circling this. Um, we were talking about. It and I was about to say, um, kind of goes against you, but keep my I, and I I never liked Dilfer anyway. But but Case Keenum, I, I take I take Trubisky over Dilfer. 
I know I'm not saying a whole lot. <laughs> no, it's not saying a lot. But but I mean, Case Keenum went to an NFC title game, and, and was Case Keenum great that season? I mean, he had. I mean, he was kind of in this special spot, I guess, this sweet spot. But was he putting up like world beating numbers? No, in 2017, Case Keenum wasn't. But but he no. made it there. But think about who was on that football team. Think about who was there. You have Stefan Diggs. You have Adam Thielen. You have Kyle Rudolph. You have Adrian Peterson. You have one of the best. You have the best defense in the NFL, and you go to the the NFC title game. You know, like sometimes it. I I hate to say it, but sometimes the quarterback stops mattering. You know, we we saw it with with the Giants when they they went to the Super Bowl against that Trent Dilfer team. Kerry Collins was nothing to write home about, but here we are, Kerry Collins in the Super Bowl. You know, sometimes it, the other players elevate the quarterback. And in this case, the other players would be elevating Mitch Trubisky, not the other way around. And and I think people put way too much stock in the idea that Mitch Trubisky made the playoffs. Okay, whoopee-doo. You know, good running backs, great defense. That's that's the, the reality of the matter. Um, and also in Bearland, speaking of the Bears, we've got Bears news. Uh, Roquan Smith, one of those guys that was a part of those squads, he goes and requests a trade from the Bears. He's given permission to seek a trade. I think Roquan Smith, were, no matter where he goes, is an instant upgrade at the middle linebacker position for any team, period. There should be 31 teams looking at this. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And it's mind-boggling to me. I don't know how much you've got to look into what the Bears have tried to do. They've done it's, all they lowball. Holy no, it's not their lowballing. Um, um, Ian Rapport is saying that the the contract they're offering technically makes him the highest paid linebacker in football. Okay, at twenty five years old, mind you. So, which which is fine. I, I'm I'm fine given given. Is he the number? Is he the number one linebacker? No, but no. age and and his trajectory, and, and and cap. Yeah, I'm fine making highest paid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's a not, a it's quote a not a real highest paid offer. It's so backloaded, it makes a backloaded contract seem front loaded. Wow. And <laughs> on top of that, um, the contract itself includes. Numerous proposed de-escalators that not a single player out of the 94 non-quarterback 15 million plus contracts have. Oof. So they're basically trying to they're basically trying to say, hey, if you don't hurt yourself, we'll give you your money in 10 years. Right. And then That's- oh, at any point we can say, ah, we're gonna dip, we're just gonna clip some salary off just because we decided. Yeah. No. To hell with that. And that's the thing. Like I, the original report was that it was a low ball for him, and which and I would I would technically call this a low ball. Yeah, yeah. If we're, if we're if we're calling this so backloaded, it makes a normal backload seem bad. That tells me that they're trying to pay him in the first three years like only a million per year. Right. Which is a mess. Like um, that ain't happening. No, not for Juan Smith. They're, I, I, they're trying. It's like they're trying to. Like, ah, I will worry about the fifty million dollar cap hit in five years. Yeah, and and that's you know I I was so down and out about because Ryan Poles was the guy I wanted in Minnesota as our GM. At this point, Ryan Poles seems like a dumpster fire, 
And yeah, and, like, I still like questions with the with the one you got, just the, the lack of urgency. We've talked about that, but Ryan Pohl seems like just a complete fucking shit show. Yeah, I, I don't know what in the hell is going on. Um, I understand he's he his overall feeling is that he he needs to strip it down and fix it, but man, uh, the things he's doing, it's just like holy shit. And we've talked about you know the the trade for for Khalil Mack and and everything like that. That the things that he's doing and failing to do, and the way he's failing to uh, improve this team, is just crazy to me. Another move he made. Um, so the Patriots they traded their wide receiver Nikhil Harry to the Bears. Uh, they got a <laughs> draft pick for him. Uh, Harry undergoes ankle surgery, and he's set to miss eight weeks <laughs> of the season. So. The Bears do that, and now they also have wide receiver David Moore out after suffering a lower leg injury. Now, first of all, let me just say David Moore is nothing incredible. Uh, He had a couple of good games at the Seahawks as a number three, and okay, whatever. But this whole thing with Nikhil Harry, Nikhil Harry was a a number one draft pick or a first-round draft pick for the Patriots that has not panned out. I don't know what the what his mindset is if he's going to like revitalize the career of Nikhil Harry, but I don't think you can. And frankly, I don't think Justin Fields is the guy that's capable of revitalizing anything. I I just I don't understand the Bears right now. I I don't get it. They're selling off good parts, picking up junk parts. I mean, is this a? It's almost like a a tank on purpose. It's it's what it's looking like. I mean, isn't it? It looks that way. I mean, and. What they traded for Nikhil Harry is not bad. They traded a, a uh, following year seventh round pick. I'm I'm fine with that. You're, you you basically just picked them up off the free agency for all well, year. Yeah, no, but the, the problem but, is is that you you got a guy that's gonna be out for eight weeks. I mean, it's just like what what are you doing? They, and they're expecting David Moore to be a number two, and he's not. No, he's not. And and Darnell Mooney showed that he can be a number one. Um. And in the interim, I guess, I I think he's a low end number one, high end number two, but Darnell Mooney. But but even still, um, we we, he's he's kind of showed that we um, the Bears to the whole season still had. um, I can't think of his name than the Rams now. Allen Robinson, Robinson. Robinson was still on the on, on on the field for every snap, so like you could argue that um, Mooney did well because Robinson carried a lot of double teams and stuff. But but now Mooney has to do that without the proposed like regardless of what you th- feel about Robinson, he still was number one there without yeah. the proposed one on the field. Can yeah. he? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> questions. I, and, and I like I like Mooney. I do, but um. It's it's easy to say, oh, look at Mooney. He put up a thousand yards. Like, yeah, safeties were watching Robinson, regardless of how Robinson's play. Safeties were still watching Robinson because, at, um, at any point, Robinson's good enough to to just blast you. Right. There's going to be questions about whether or not Darnell Mooney is capable of being a true number one receiver, or if it's just the fact that, like, kind of the Larry Fitzgerald and Quan Bolden situation mm-hmm. where. We're watching Larry Fitzgerald, so Anquan Bolden was getting a lot of touches, and he broke a thousand. Similar situation there, right? Yeah, and I look at it like, is Dar- Darnell Mooney Tory Smith, or is he Anquan Bolden? Yeah, that's going to be the the ultimate question for him. 
Because Tori did not prove to be number one once he was the one. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to find out um, about about him. Uh, and speaking of the Patriots, they had a retirement this past week. Uh, running back James White retires after eight seasons after being a, a Super Bowl hero. Uh, James White, I mean, a little bit injury prone. Wasn't an incredible uh, – um, he was not an incredible running back for the, the Patriots, but he had his moments. He's, he was never bad either. Like, like James White feels to me like the Don Kelly of the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Just, he was just... he was there sometimes. Like, he's a great utility player. You, you never relied on him full time. But then right you stop thinking about the guy, wham, grand slam. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of what he became. Um, I don't really think the, the Patriots lose much, especially because of the the capable running backs that they have on that on that football team with Damian Harris and Ramadre Steven. Um, I, I just, you know, James White, I mean, good eight seasons, good on him. Way to get a Super Bowl ring or a few, and uh, he's on his way out. Uh, elsewhere in that division, we got the Jets doing some stuff. Um, first of all, let's talk about their big issue right now. Zach Wilson, he suffers a bone bruise and a torn meniscus in the preseason game versus the Eagles. Uh, he's set to be out for two to four weeks. Uh, you know, is this a sign of things to come for Zach Wilson? I mean, a lot of people were predicting him to be, you know, uh, a sophomore, you know, boom kind of guy. I don't know if that's the case. Is Are the injuries going to start rearing their ugly head for him? I think it's too soon to say injuries. And you know me, I, I'm usually less less um, equipped to, to jump on the injury-prone train than, than you are. Right. But and the, the the draft benefited Wilson very well. I, I just still think he's going to have a hard time kind of – cruising through some things yeah well one way he's going to have trouble cruising through it is uh his star offensive tackle Mackay Becton he suffers a season-ending uh, fractured kneecap he's out for the second year in a row um in his replacement the Jets went out and signed Dwayne Brown to a two-year deal as uh Becton's replacement so I mean it, it I think Dwayne Brown is a good replacement for Becton I don't think he's Mackay Becton under any circumstances but Dwayne Brown no. He's a pretty good replacement for Mackay Beckton, am I right? He's a good replacement, but it's not going to be one for one. Not even though we're close, but I, I don't think it's good one enough by under any circumstances. But if you're looking for a guy, I think one of the the like low end starter, high end backup type of pieces, Dwayne Brown is right there, right? Sure. You know, and and that's kind of where I, where I think they're they're headed there. I think he's he's kind of a low end starter. They knew he's a low end starter, and he's going to fill in. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're hoping admirably, you know, in the place of a, a star like Mackay Becton. Um, do you think Mackay Becton, with the, with this uh, fractured kneecap, this is the second year in a row he's been out with a knee injury? Do you think this is kind of it for him? I mean, do you think this is going to be the story of his career, injury upon injury? Do you think he's <sighs> the guy with the bum it, knee? It very well could be. Uh, it's it's leaning that way. Yeah, and that's that's the going to be the the ultimate question. Um, about Mackay Becton moving forward is can he keep his knees under him? You know, can he keep his legs under him? So I, I have <clears throat> some concerns about that, but we're we're going to see uh, which direction that goes. Also in the division, uh, sort of big news: Dolphins. Man, they lose a 2023 first round draft pick and a 2024 third round draft pick. Their owner Stephen Ross is suspended for violating the integrity of the game after a probe. Uh, that that took place in a tampering and, and tanking 
and it uncovered impermissible contact with Tom Brady and the agent of Saints head coach Sean Payton. Um, we know that that uh, there was the issue with Brian Flores and him saying that the the Dolphins were purposely tanking for a higher draft pick and so on and so forth. We discussed that um, uh, about a month and a half ago, and here we are. Um, you know, this Brian Flores issue uh, obviously turned over some stones when the the probe took place of the Dolphins, and uh, here we are. We're talking about you know uh, a suspended owner. Do you think this is going to be a sell the team type of thing? I mean, I, I don't know that it is because no, it's, I don't think it's going to take off in that kind of level. If, if, I mean, Dan, if, if Dan Snyder can continue what he's doing, yeah, that's kind of if Dan Snyder can keep a team, then I don't know that the Dolphins are ever going to have to sell at that point for the stuff that's going on. A couple uh, fun facts on the Dolphins for you though. Um, first one, um, with with this, um. Did you know that every time a first-round draft pick has been taken from a team, it has been around Tom Brady? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's insanity. And the second one, I'm going to bring this up in preseason. This is just this is just um the the return punch for mine and your never-ending battle on this guy. Oh God. During the preseason game, Sonny Michelle did, did a whopping two carries for negative two yards. Wow. <laughs> what a starting running back against backups. Hey, you know what? You know what? It's going to be okay. Sonny Michelle is going to go and eliminate Get you. Cut. Offs just like he did last year. And uh, it'll, it'll be cut. a wonderful thing. You know, and, and, and who knows you know, where he's going to go if, he's, if he does get they, cut. They got Mostert, they got Edmonds, they got Gaskin. He's the fourth best running back of those. I don't think he's worse than Gaskin. I See, a lot of people... No, put, you're probably right, but... People, people put way too much stock in Miles Gaskin, let's be real. No, Gaskin's not great, but, but Michelle's only, like, marginally better. Yeah, he's, he's better than Miles Gaskin, let's be real here. But, uh, yeah, that, that all stuff is going on. Speaking of Tom Brady, speaking of, of the man... Um, he's away from the team. He's not present with the Bucks until August 20th for quote unquote personal reasons. Uh, what I think this is, is Tom Brady told his family he's getting ready to retire. And then he decided to come back to football and Giselle standing there like, well, what the fuck? And a lot of people are saying, oh, maybe he wants to go on vacation, whatever. Um, they, they've said in the Buccaneers have said, you know, that they expect, you know, Brady to be on the field for week one and all that stuff. I I mean, are you like, I'm kind of in this mode right now where I'm like bracing for another Tom Brady retirement. I I don't know why. Like before the season? Yeah. I don't know why it makes me feel that way. (laughs) It's very, it's like a very uneasy feeling. And, and I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, they, like they said, the Bucks seem to be very confident he's going to start in week one, but this is strange. It's, it's a strange thing. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Do you, I think the likelihood is that he's going to play, but man. No, and I, I know what you mean. There's something because weird. Because they're saying, like, even in the days leading up to it, like, just Brady was not looking like he, he, he was grumpy all week. Right. And it, it sounds to me like Giselle was like, look, you said you were going to be home, and now you're not going to be home. What the fuck? And it sounds like it's on that level. And and they they took the family vacation, I guess, from what a lot of people are saying. And I don't know. This stinks. It's stinky to high heaven. I have questions about whether or not Tom Brady's going to see a football field. So I mean, I don't I don't know what to make of it. Um, 
What What do you? I mean, do you think Tom <sighs> sees the football field? I don't. I don't know. I I think he does, but I I think we'll definitely talk about it being the absolute last year. Yeah, I think this is it. This should be it. <laughs> it sounds like it's it. So there's that. Um, also in the NFC South, the Falcons wide receiver Drake London, he suffers a minor knee injury in the preseason game versus the Lions. Um, Drake London, I mean, he, he only caught one pass in the game. Uh, he's, you know, according to whatever a lot of people are saying, he's supposed to be the number one receiver down there in Atlanta when, when the season starts. Do you think this is a sign of things to come for him, or do you think this is just a freak thing? I mean, it could because because Atlanta's kind of struggling in the receiver department. I, you're looking at a year where um Pitts could be just the guy. Yeah, kind of all by himself. Do you take London over Edwards? I I don't know. It's a good question. We're talking about Edwards or London being the number one. Rec- this this is not a good spot to be in. No, I mean, I would I would probably go with Drake London. I mean, do do you force Cordell Patterson back into receiver? But at the same time, Patterson's proven to be a much better running back. Yeah, I, I think Patterson remains in the running back role. But interesting stuff. I mean, <laughs> Drake London, he's he's uh, he's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place here. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it we're going to see how that works out um, for him. And then in the NFC South. The Saints have all kinds of stuff going on. First and foremost, uh, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, he returns to practice. He becomes an immediate standout. I mean, you expect Michael Thomas to have himself a big year? Because I sure as hell do. I think people have forgotten about Michael Thomas. And as disgruntled as he's been, let's not forget how much of a great player he is. Yes. I agree. I and agree. if he's healthy and ready to go, he's the guy that's going to make Winston look good. Well, speaking of Jameis Winston, he did exit practice early with a foot injury, uh, and and that's going to raise a lot of questions. Uh, also, uh, all uh, in the same kind of area there, the Saints switched former quarterback slash receiver slash tight end slash you know offensive weapon Taysom Hill. They moved him to tight end. Uh, Hill said, this isn't exactly what I wanted, but it's what's best for the team right now. Uh, what do you make of that situation? Do you think the Saints are uh, should prepare for life after Jameis Winston with him getting hurt again? Is Jameis Winston starting to, wear, to break down finally? Uh, what What do you think is, is going to go on? With- he seems to always be battling with something. I, ex- I expect him to be on the field at the beginning of the season. Whether he finishes, I don't know. But because he always seems to have some sort of injury bug that seems to follow him. Yeah, it, it's always around. Him. It's never major, but. No. Yeah, this time it seems like it's either an ankle or a foot. I mean, it's it's concerning. Uh, do, do you know who the backup quarterback is there? Uh, Ian Book, is it not? Technically, no, because they have officially moved. Um, what's his dick Taysom Hill who you thought was gonna be good who clearly wasn't um I was worried about that but um to the tight end role officially <laughs> but uh Taysom Hill I feel like it I feel like um we missed the signings I don't remember talking about it but the backup is Andy Dalton oh yeah that's right I you know I do remember that signing happened we did talk about it on the show but you know we we kind of glazed over it I you know and Andy Dalton he might be the guy. 
You might see Andy Dalton over there. I still don't mind Dalton. I, I, I think Dalton got a got a bad run there in, in, in Bearland. Well, not only that, I think Andy Dalton got a bad rap with the the at the how the at things ended with the Bengals. You know, it, it, things ended in the, with the Bengals poorly, but Andy Dalton, I mean, they they kind of screwed him over there. Yeah, I mean, he, he left at a time when they had nobody. Exactly, it, it was a bad situation for him. So you know, it could you, we could see Andy Dalton, there. and and you know, I didn't even remember that Andy Dalton was you know the guy. So we we might see Andy Dalton, um, and when it comes down to it. I also just want to start talking. You mentioned earlier the Cardinals. I want to talk about these Cardinals. The Cardinals had, uh, well, let's see. First of all, Kyler Murray tested positive for COVID. So obviously he's out for the next couple of weeks. That's a, if, if we're going to finish the COVID talk, I believe I saw that Cousins as well. Yep, Kirk Cousins, uh, he tested positive for COVID. He's, he missed the preseason opener today. He might be available for next week. We'll find out. And also Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll tested positive for COVID. Yes. So so he'll be out for the uh, next couple of weeks here, um, which is but Kyler Murray. What? what was that? What was that? But Kyler Murray, bigger story. Yep. Kyler Murray uh, in his loud mouth, um, pissing off Cliff Kingsbury on the sidelines, uh, saying plays are bad. And, you know, Kingsbury hands him the uh, the headset and says, yeah. The last two drives of the game. Yep. And it did not go well. Did not go well at all. So, I mean, it. Kyler Murray, I, I feel like Kyler Murray has become a loudmouth cancer in the locker room, don't you? Very anti-Lamar. Yeah. Um, arrogant. I don't know how to handle this. Like, like all the talks about, like, there, there's the whole, when he, when he signed his contract a few weeks back, we talked about how they had that contract, the, the clause about the, the homework clause. But yeah. then it got so much attention, they pulled it. But then there was the idea that um like his stats dropped the moment that Call of Duty came out for the year, <laughs> and that was a new one that says that he has rough games during um du- double XP weekends. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> it's wild. I I like Kyler Murray. Like the dude's a hell of a, a talent. He's, he's a, like he's a generational athlete. No no nobody or their mother could could argue that he he is, but. It's not the athlete part that's the problem here. It's a maturity thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's all his maturity. Like I, I love video games like the next guy, but um, if, if I was told, like, hey, for the next 10, year, 10 to 15 years, like, we're going to pay you this much money to, to do this and, and not be distracted by video games. Like, I don't like video games that much. Give me, give me, give me my millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So Kyler Murray uh... – a cancer in the locker room. One thing he will have at his disposal, left tackle DJ Humphrey gets signed to a three-year $66.8 million extension. So he will have his blind side protected. Um, I think there's a great signing by the Cardinals. They're going to, he's going to have uh, a solid left tackle there. Um, and, you know, keeping him safe. Yeah. That, yeah. It's, it's going to go a long way for any, any, any aspirations they have for this season. Yeah, I, I think uh, Humphrey is, is a smart signing for them. I mean, you want to keep Kyler Murray safe, that's how you do it. Um, elsewhere in that division, the Dallas Cowboys, they made a an interesting signing. One I question, the Cowboys, they signed linebacker Anthony Barr to a one-year, $3 million deal. You know, Barr isn't an incredible linebacker at this point. There's a lot of injury questions there. 
I don't think the Vikings used him properly um, throughout a lot of his uh, his time there, especially in the last couple of years. You know, at the end of uh, 2018, he ranked the sixth most effective pass rusher in all of the NFL when he when he was blitzing the quarterback. And uh, Mike Zimmer didn't like to use him as that. Mike Zimmer liked to to have him, you know, step back and cover passes. And we saw how that worked out in a lot of occasions. He would get torched, particularly by guys like Todd uh, Todd Gurley. He got torched by Cooper Cup. I mean, he he got banged up quite a bit in those in those passing downs and the injuries. He's got a, a bum knee, which I was always my concern is his knee injuries and his uh, ACLs and stuff like that. He, his lower body injuries are are um, well documented. I think this is a good signing for the price. It just depends on how they use him. I have questions about whether or not Dallas is going to be able to use Anthony Barr effectively. Um, Tyler, what do you think? And and time will kind of call it, see how that goes. I guess on one end, I will say um, they didn't overpay for him. Three three million is right. No. Um, but it's really going to come down to how they do use him. And if 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 they're but the thing is, I I I trust McCarthy to shift him into the role he needs to be in. I still like McCarthy as a head coach. Yeah. So I think McCarthy is the kind of guy that can move him into the type of position he needs to be in. I agree. Whether he does, we'll see. But I, I, he's he's got the right head coach that's smart enough to know where he should be. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. It's it's we're gonna have questions about about Anthony Barr. I want to see if he's gonna be more successful in Dallas than he was in Minnesota these last couple of years. I know his first couple of years in Minnesota, he was just you know people were raving about him. So we're going to find out uh, what the deal is with with Anthony Barr and with the Cowboys. Also, the Cowboys wide receiver, James Washington, he suffered a foot injury in practice. He's set to make six to ten weeks. Um, I think that's kind of a big hit for a team that just lost one of their top receivers to the Browns, uh, trading him away. Don't you think that that uh, this one negatively impacts old Dak Prescott there? It it does. It does. Yeah, I mean, he's they're already a little thin you know, at the receiver position. And, and I think this is not helping the situation. Uh, James Washington was actually a decent receiver over, I believe he was with Pittsburgh. Um, so got questions about uh, that and whether or not he can stay healthy. And if he's going to come back stronger than ever in about six to 10 weeks. Uh, also with injuries, Vikings tight end Irv Smith Jr. Leaves practice with a thumb injury. He underwent thumb surgery. He's not ruled out for week one versus the Packers. Uh I feel like Irv Smith's comebacks are always just snake bit. I, you know, last year was supposed to be the big breakout year for him. He tore his ACL. Now this year he's got the thumb injury. He's undergoing thumb surgery. It's starting to feel like Irv Smith Jr. just may not pan out the way we thought he was going to pan out. Am I, am I missing that? I mean, am I, are, are you with me there? Um, see, to me, Irv Smith is, Performing as I expected him to. I I'm not I'm not saying I hated him, but I I wasn't as high as you were. I and I, and I'm not saying you were blind. I'm, I I I think that you got a little too optimistic. Well, Irv Smith as a receiver uh, is is tremendous. He when he's on the field as a receiver, Irv Smith Jr. is awesome. He he catches a lot of really great contested uh, balls. He you know. 
you got to remember for his first couple of years, he's sitting behind Kyle Rudolph. And last year was supposed to be him being the number one tight end for the first time. And then towards ACL. And then this year, now he's injured his thumb. Here we are with Irv Smith. But before that, Irv Smith Jr. was doing some really solid things. The, the catches he was making as a number two. He was, he, was, he was building himself up. Yeah. And and last year was supposed to be the breakout year. And I believed that it would, had he stayed healthy, we're talking, to, we're having a different conversation about Irv Smith Jr. I think you're talking about him in the same breath that you're talking about a guy like, you know, TJ Hawkinson. But, uh, you know, here we are, Irv Smith Jr. has not seen the field as the number one tight end ever since last last offseason when he tore his ACL. And uh, the Vikings have, have struggled to get him onto the field. Uh, he has struggled to stay healthy. It it's just seems like, like an ongoing thing with him. I feel like he, it's very snake bit at this point. I feel like he's he's... If he does get on the field, I feel like he's going to have a really, really solid year as long as that thumb isn't hampering what he's doing, you know, and, and we're going to have to see now, you know, is, is that hand going to be healthy? Is that hand going to be good? Cause we saw what Russ, what happened to Russ Wilson and you're mm-hmm. going to have catching, you know, Kirk Cousins fastballs over the middle here. I mean, got questions now, <laughs> you know, so that that is a thing. I, I believe that um you know he's he's gonna find himself in a an interesting spot if he does see the field uh this season. I, I would tend to think he would, but we'll find out um in the future here. Uh Rams quarterback Matt Stafford is now suffering from elbow tendonitis, they're saying. He's been getting injections for it. Now Tyler, am I the only one that thinks that this is, you know, on the way to Tommy John surgery? Um, no, you're probably right, but I think, and just in our conversation we've had, that you're overblowing the Tommy John surgery. Pitchers who who have a lot more stress in their elbow come come back from it no problem. So I, I I'm if he gets Tommy John surgery, Tommy John surgery, I'm not worried about his career at this point. Here's the thing about the Tommy John surgery, and and I I, I think that. Because Ben had Tommy John surgery, Ben Roethlisberger had, it did it, and we saw what happened to him. And that's one case. I'm saying we see a lot of pitchers like the few Darvishes of the world who've come back just fine. Uh, Tanaka. Right, right. And and you know obviously you know that that is the case. I just I see Tommy John surgery and I see what happened to Big Ben, and uh, he was at a, a more advanced age in his life there. Stafford's starting to get there, uh, having a Tommy John surgery at his age and and. With the way Matt Stafford throws the football, and what a lot of people don't realize is Matt, Matt Stafford, <laughs> it's, it's funny to say, he doesn't have a lot of touch on the football. The man throws darts. Like, he just does. I and, and people, I, I remember back to uh, Calvin Johnson would, would like, would like uh, tweet pictures of his fingers. Yeah. I mean, Matt Stafford throws darts. He throws bullets. I, I don't know that Matt Stafford, you know, like, and then you, you get a guy like Matt Ryan, for example, that throws the ball and he kind of lofts it up there a little bit. He kind of floats his passes out there. Stafford doesn't throw the ball the same way that, that Matt Ryan does. And, and um, I have questions about whether or not that velocity is going to be affected and whether or not that's going to affect his game. I just, I don't know that if, if he does go for into a Tommy John surgery situation, which in my opinion, that sounds like it's where it's headed. I don't know that Matt Stafford comes back for it as effective as, as everybody believes. 
and uh, you, it's a it's a possibility. Yeah, and maybe that's just me, but I just don't think he comes back from it um, as as you know ready to rock as as people have been saying. Um, next up, the Rams head coach Sean McVay. He signed an extension this offseason. I think this is a no brainer and a smart move, don't you? Oh yeah. With, yeah, without a doubt. He quietly signed it. He he actually announced it. I believe it was. Um, a week and a half ago that he signed the extension over the off season. And, you know, I just think it's a smart signing. I mean, he's one of the best head coaches in football, very enthusiastic guy. I think he's going to be around for the long haul. Sean McVay, uh, he'll be with the Rams for a while. Um, next up, we got uh, commander's head coach, Ron Rivera saying he expects defensive end chase young to miss time to open the season due to the ACL tear from last season. Uh, this kills the commanders. I mean, it just, completely murders their defense, right? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I expect the commanders to have a very difficult start to the season without, you know, Chase Young on the field. I, I just, the, you might as well just chalk up their their uh, first couple of games likely to losses because it's going to be a, a rough road for them uh, defensively. Uh, speaking of rough roads defensively, Packers safety Darnell Savage, he suffered a hamstring injury in camp. Um, you know, Savage, he's a good uh, safety. He's actually proven me wrong. I didn't think he was going to be a good pick by the Packers, but he's actually been pretty good. Um, Darnell Savage suffering the, the the hamstring or yeah, the hamstring injury. What do you make of that, Tyler? Do you think he's going to come back in and, you know, just handle everything, you know, admirably? Or do you think there that- is so many times like me and you both using both hands, both feet can't count the amount of times that a hamstring injury has been lingering for the entire year. Yep. It's a concern. It is. It should be, especially for a defensive back. You know, a safety. Defensive back, receiver, that's an issue. Yep, and he he claims that it's no big deal. He He's, you know, Savage had, had an interview, and he was playing it off like it was, eh, whatever. But, uh, no, it, this this is a much bigger deal than a lot of people realize, and, and I think this thing could linger. Uh, Darnell Savage, you know, like I said, he's, he's, you know, overperformed. He's, he's, uh, um, you know, beaten my expectations out, but I, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, he's going to be able to handle that. Um, one guy that won't be able to handle his injury and will not see the field Broncos wide receiver, Tim Patrick suffers a torn ACL. He's going to miss this season. Um, <clears throat> they overpaid him and now he's going to miss this season. Uh, and he's the number three receiver over there. Does this hurt Russ Wilson in any way, do you believe? It does, but I also think Russ is good enough to make receivers. But I've I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like I also have concerns on Russ anyway. That I, I I don't know if this is the same Russ Wilson that we've seen over the last couple of years. Yeah, me either. I, I, I don't don't know that he's the real and, deal. And he's if I if I'm putting together a top ten of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. Russ probably makes that list. I've loved Russell Wilson. I just last year the offense had no reason to be as bad as it was. Defensively, sure, absolutely, the defense was bad, but the offense was bad, and I, I, I don't know why. I mean, a lot of it had to do with with uh, you know Russ Wilson having the the thumb injury, especially at the well, back. No, no, I I mean the Russell Wilson driven offense. Like it was. Decent, but it wasn't as good as it was supposed to be. It was rough early on. They had, they had a rough go. Um, 
the defense, like you said, was expected, but but the offense had a rough go early on. Um, they couldn't get the run game going. They couldn't get it established. Uh, Metcalf wasn't getting open nearly as much as he normally does. He was DK Metcalf had a hard time last year. Tyler Lockett. What a lot of people don't realize about Tyler Lockett is he's good for about three to four games a year, where he's going to put up the big numbers. Beyond that, Tyler Lockett, his numbers are very very low throughout the season. He'll have a game where I mean, even from a fantasy perspective, look at you know, oh he oh he put up fifty two mm-hmm. points last week, and then the next week he's putting up 0.5. So <laughs> you have the the inconsistency of Tyler Lockett, and then you have DK Metcalf suddenly not able to create separation from receivers. I have questions about you know what the hell happened over there. But on the surface, from a receiver standpoint, um, they. They retained Melvin Gordon, who was still going to have an important part of the offense because it was one of the best one-two punches in football on the ground game. Yeah. That mixed with Sutton and Judy, who are both going to benefit from having Russell Wilson. I yep. think that I feel with those two, they can they can hodgepodge together the slot position. Who's number three then? Right now it's Hamler. Oof. I don't Oof. like Hamler. But I think they can. I, I think they can hodgepodge, not giving anybody a, specifically that that spot in this. They mix and match it. I mean, the other issue is they don't have a tight end. I mean, they gave up their future in 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 uh with uh uh. Why can't I think of his name? They dumped Noah Fant. Noah Fant. Noah Fant. So now now their tight end position is wide open, like wide open, just as bad as Hamler. But I I think Sutton and Judy can. Take away most of it, they can they can figure it out. Yeah, I I think they can figure it out. Um, like, <sighs> call me crazy, but I I think you could see a guy like Kendall Hill take that slot spot. Yeah, Kendall Hinton, I mean, might might be you know a uh, uh, one guy. I uh, you know let's let's Albert and I. You'll have to forgive me. I butcher this name. Albert Oquib. Oquegbunem, I think is his uh, his actual last name, but. He's the tight end for uh, the Broncos there. He's technically the number one tight end. But the guy that everybody seems to be talking about is Greg Dolchik, who's the guy that that they decided to scoop up in the draft this past season. And, um, you know, he's he was out of UCLA. A lot of people were talking about him. Uh, he's got a hamstring injury right now. But a lot of people seem to think he's going to be the guy to take Noah Fant's place. So we're going to find out if if that's the, the story. But I... I personally think he's he's the guy. Um, but there, and he very well could be. I, I just feel like there's got to be an option outside of because they're they're struggling from the from the tight end perspective here. Yeah, well, they always have. They always have. Even when Fant was on the field, I mean, Noah Fant he he performed well, but you know, they, they but Fant but Fant was a, was a startable tight end though, right? Like, let's be honest here. Like, um, we we've made a dramatic drop off from Fant. Yes, I agree. So, and that's our news. Around the league now, uh, Tyler. Before we uh, head out of here, we're gonna, so next week. Uh, well, we're we're not going to be recording. We're not going to get up uh, an episode up for about another three weeks here. Um, in about three weeks' time, you know, it's going to be the week of the starting week of the NFL season. So three weeks from today, uh, today well, is... it'll, it'll be a free agency roundup, some news, and then I have a a very special Tyler's top ten. Yeah, we have a Tyler's top ten. We're also going to we be going, we're going to be revisiting. Our um, our season uh, predictions. We're going to go back through pre- the predictors. 
We're not going to go over all the records and whatnot, but we are going to go back through the predictors to see how things shake out as far as, you know, teams making the playoffs, whatever the case may be. So we're going to shake that out and give an official opinion post preseason um, because uh, so much has changed uh, throughout the preseason. Too much drama. and Yeah. I think things have changed. And I, I think Tyler's got grown a little, uh, grown a little, not so fond of, of a certain, um, you know, uh, a certain uh, feathered team, but they, we're, we're going to find out. Uh, and it how, ain't the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to find out how things changed in Tyler's world. But before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out. First of all, to it's your time massage. Um, Amanda is back and working uh, over at IYTmassage.com. Uh, if you need a massage, Swedish deep tissue, check her out. IYTmassage.com. Or you can check her out at it's your time massage on Facebook. Book yourself a massage. Amanda's tremendous. She'll take good care of you over at It's Your Time Massage. Also at uh, Face Kicked Apparel, shout out to them. Face Kicked Apparel is absolutely awesome. They do all your custom hoodies, shirts, hats, uh, I, anything you you want. You name it, they pick it. They you pick it, they stick it over at FaceKickedApparel.com. Uh, also, Patched Miracle Photography. Patched Miracle Miracle Photography. They if you need wedding pictures, if you need pictures of your babies, if you need maternity pictures, if you need uh, engagement pictures, if you need graduation pictures, or if you're looking even just to do a little uh, special something for your for your significant other and do a little boudoir shoot, check out Patch Miracle Photography. Um, they will take care of you there. I can personally say I've used them uh, for our wedding engagement pictures. We Amanda and I, we used them for our, our uh, uh maternity for her maternity pictures and and uh the baby pictures everything under the sun they have customers for life all of your basic white bitch needs available for a great price yes so patch patchmerk if if you uh if you uh need professional grade pictures also last but not least to our boy alex Steele, uh over with condors uh gaming corner over and also with uh big willie dubs gaming our buddy will uh, those two channels, if you guys are into checking out the new new school games, old school games, if you guys are into the watching out, watching all those games are played, voice acting over there at uh, Condor's Gaming Corner. I mean, all these things, very entertaining stuff, and they can show you all the tricks, trades, and secrets of those games over at Big Willie Dubs Gaming and at Condor's Gaming Corner. And Tyler, that is our show for the day. And I found the tight end I was, I was looking for. Just like one last little like rant for me because everyone's going to talk about the arms race of the AFC West. And, and if the Broncos really care about the arms race, Eric Ebron would be on their team right now. Yeah, yeah. Just he, saying. He is still out there. I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. So with that, Tyler, that's our show. Um. In three weeks' time, we're going to be going over a bunch of stuff. We're going to be kicking off the NFL season. Huh? You like how I did that? Kicking off the season. Mm-hmm. Um, season starts on September the 8th. Uh, we'll be recording on September the 4th, getting this thing up. Um, and, and we're going to be having ourselves a good good time. Tyler, are you ready for football? Yes, abso- absolutely. Yep. It's and been just you- a wild run of things. and. And are you ready for our fantasy football on the 27th? It's draft day, baby. I got three drafts in three days. I'm, I'm kind of not looking forward to it in one, in one perspective, but it's going to be a fun weekend. 
see at least with my my draft even though it's three drafts in one weekend you know there's pulled pork i i, I hook you guys up pulled pork cheesy potatoes the beans the whole deal but then i also you know how i work we're gonna it's a saturday baby we're gonna have a few drinks and have a little fun and party yeah, i gotta up. bring my own drinks oh, oh please <laughs> Wine and complain. I, I, I'll here. I'm just gonna point this out. All I asked of everybody that was coming was just to bring a 12 pack of beer because I am supplying the draft board, the pulled pork, the homemade barbecue sauce, the cheesy potatoes, the beans. I'm even supplying some some of the beer. I'm actually bringing. I'm gonna hold myself to the beer tax. I'm putting a 12 pack of beer in. I, I, I supply the house. I take I set up all the players in the league. I mean, bro. Poke. Pack of beer. And for as much beer as I've given you over the years, Poke. You, can, you can suck it. <laughs> all you motherfuckers. All you can suck. All right. Uh, Mission accomplished. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. So but folks, thank you so much for listening to us. I hope everybody Everybody has themselves. And for all you guys doing fantasy football uh, in the next couple of weeks, all your drafts, hope your drafts go well. Um, and, uh, folks, we're, we're only a few weeks away, a few short weeks away from football, baby. September the 8th, it kicks off uh, for the Thursday night game, as it does every year. For Tyler, for myself, we'll see you guys in three weeks right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>